Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Payson. With me today, relationship life coach Cindy Chavez. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And we also are a bit bemused, to be perfectly honest, because (laughs) I went through the archives and found that the topic we're going to discuss today, we have never formally discussed in nine and a half years. And I'm still kind of scratching my head. How did we miss this one? But somehow we did. So we're going to talk about encouragement today. And I, I don't know about you, Cindy. I think this is actually a pretty important topic if for no other reason than other than with, with parents working with their kids, we humans don't give ourselves a lot of encouragement and we don't give mm-hmm. others a lot of encouragement mm-hmm. in our societies. And yeah. I, I'm not quite sure why that is, but I think that's a pretty big deal, don't you? I do. And I, I like you, I'm kind of shocked that we've never used a word in the intro formally. And I was like, yes, that's it. We, cause you know, we've, yes. course, we've talked, we've touched on it, but we've never had it as a topic. And that's kind of shocking to me. And then when you told me, no, none of the co-hosts and I have ever had right. a topic, I was like, how is that even possible? <laughs> I but, don't know. <laughs> but now I'm curious as to what brought it to your mind. Well, in, to be perfectly honest, it was when I was doing the summit, preparing to do the summit, running it. And then afterward, I was getting a lot of encouragement from listeners and co-hosts, a lot of support. And so the the word was just kind of welling up in my subconscious, up to my conscious mind and just kind of showed up like, yeah, I'm getting some encouragement. And it just kind of stayed there. Yeah. I think, I think it's so important in the same way, you know, it's that the flip side of being encouraged is being being discouraged. And, and it reminds me of the conversation that we've had before uh, around hope you know there's only one time when hope is important and that's when you've lost your hope when you're feeling hopeless right and then once once you've had your hope restored and it's one of my you know favorite things um when a client says to me and i've had it said a handful of times says thank you so much i feel like my hope is restored uh, that always just go, oh, I'm just, oh my gosh, right? Um, because that's so important. But then once our hope is restored, we have to stop hoping and we have to do other things to bring about whatever it is that we're hoping for, right? But mm-hmm. encouragement is like that. It's like when we are discouraged, being discouraged can be such a heavy weight. And yes. it really can bring us to the place where we're carrying such a heavy weight that we can't see the forest for the trees or we can't, you know, see the things that would be encouraging. And that's why I think it's so important for, like you said, parents to encourage their children and for everyone to encourage each other actually is, is to sometimes we can't encourage ourselves because that discouragement has brought us to a place of just being way down there. And we talk about this all the time when you're at that bottom kind of level of the emotional scale it's very hard to see the top right oh absolutely right i've told this story before but i think it's so important because it's so simple when i was in i think i was in coaching school in 2009 or so and i was going through something in my personal life that was really really hard and i was i was just despondent and my coach, bless her heart, I was probably her first client. And so, you know, we were all doing the best we could here. But I I know that I was arguing for my limitations. I was way down in the dumps. There was practically nothing that she could say that was really helping. And she finally said, Cindy, what could I say to you right now that would, you know, make you feel better? What could I say to you that would be helpful? And And I said, I guess... And I just blurted it out. I said, I guess I just need somebody to tell me everything's going to be okay. And she said, Cindy, everything's going to be okay. And it's so funny because when I tell the story, I always think that doesn't seem like it would be helpful. You know, I just told her what I wanted. (laughs) And then she said it and it still worked. But that's the point, right? Is that I really did. That's all I really wanted to know was that things were going to be okay. And I think that that's where we are a lot of the times when we're discouraged. <laughs> <It's> the- yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, because that's, we talk about how uh, parents, and I think this is actually something parents have have um, improved upon as the generations have moved along. 
Um, if I compare modern parents to generation, my generation of, of, you know, when I was growing up, there's definitely more parental encouragement going on now than there was then. So I see really real strides made in that area. Um, but even if we get it when we're young, we don't get it when we're older. It kind of disappears. And I think there's probably a piece of us that says, where did that go? Yeah. Well, I, I'm laughing at you at that idea that, you know, it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. I'm thinking of all those, you know, when I was your age, I walked to school, you know, <laughs> uphill in the snow both ways, right? It's like, oh, it's like, just deal with it, you know? It's like, <laughs> but yeah, I think that, um, by the way, I don't know if I told you, I actually did walk uphill in the snow both ways because <laughs> I had to walk through a valley to get to the school. So the school was on a hill. I was on a hill. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually did. <laughs> I'll remember that. It's always possible. Well, I think that, you know, one of the things I think is important about this topic is that we all understand how easy it can be to encourage someone else. Right. Like we don't have to have like a, a coaching certification or, you know, a doctorate or a Ph.D. or something to be able to to encourage somebody. I, in fact, I heard this story. I read this somewhere. It was someone telling the story that they were about over their head with their toddler, you know, having a tantrum in the middle of, you know, a shopping place or whatever on the bus, whatever it was. It was just like they had had it up to here and and were just so frustrated and just wanting it to be over, you know, and having a hard time with everything that we do in this life. And someone said to this parent, um, they just, as they walked by, they patted them on the arm and they said, you're doing great. Hmm. And they said, they, they, they said, uh, I held on to that for like all week. <laughs> like, sure. All week. And then people started, I think this was a Twitter thread. People started telling their own stories that were similar about mm -hmm. a time that they were in a hard place, you know, with a, with a baby or, or with whatever they were going through and how someone that they didn't even know, you know, came by and just gave them an encouraging message and how mm -hmm. that, that one. So when you think that someone that doesn't really know all the details of what you're going through and doesn't know you at all, <laughs> right. Could just give you a shout out. Hey, you're doing okay. You're doing great. You're going to make it. It's going to be okay. Could have that much of an effect. Like there are people in that thread that were telling stories, their own stories of similar situations that had happened 20 years ago. Wow. You know, they were like, my kids are all grown now. But when my daughter was two, you know, and mm -hmm. they would tell the story and I'm like, wow, that one little fist bump, that high five, it stayed with them for decades. It's still. Right. Yeah. And it it, you know, I was thinking, gosh. I'm going to just start encouraging people. The ne you know, the next time I see somebody struggling with something, with anything in public, you know, I want to either, either I can help them physically some way or, and, or I can just tell them you're doing great. You know, everything's going to be all right. So yeah, this is a wonderful topic. It's a good idea to do that, I think. And, and I have to admit, I hadn't really given a lot of consideration to that before today. The idea of just kind of, now I don't believe in doing things randomly, but selectively, mm -hmm. you know, identifying somebody who I run encounter. It, it could be somebody I know too. In fact, it, in many cases, it's probably even better when I do it with somebody that I know. But if I can identify that someone, like you say, is struggling, somebody you can just tell they're just struggling. I'm going to make it a point now to say something encouraging just because, well, first of all, it's probably going to knock their socks off because they aren't used to hearing it. Mm -hmm. And secondly, look what happens. Like that story you just told, it lasts for two decades. How many things can we do that has a positive lasting effect <laughs> yeah. for two decades? Yeah. Wow. Well, I tell you that, you know, my coach telling me that everything's going to be okay. I mean, I tell this story all the time and it's been mm -hmm. over a decade. It's yeah. been, well, you know, much longer than a decade. And I, and I still, I still remember it as being such a powerful moment. And I think that in regardless of what we're going through, that's really the thing we want to know. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why people, you know, hire psychics and tarot readers and, you know, and uh, nothing wrong with that. I read tarot cards myself. But I think that, that that's the reason why we're looking. We're just most of the time wanting somebody to tell us everything's going to be all right. 
especially now that I think about it, if we look at it in the context of what we call leaving the comfort zone or what I like to call leaving the familiar zone, because it's when you leave that zone, it is uncomfortable by definition. It is not a happy place to be in. It's a, it's frustrating. It's scary. It's even terrifying at times. Just the idea of getting encouragement when you're doing that. I would think that most of us would be willing to leave the zone a lot more often if we knew that encouragement was going to be there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, this all is tied into that part of our brain that, you know, that thankfully that has kept the human race surviving all these years. But it's Mm -hmm. also the part of our brain that causes us to, you know, want to stay small and not step out of our comfort zone, like you said, because, we don't like things that are uncertain. Like we just, our human brains do not like uncertainty. And so if we're certain of how things are going in our comfort zone, like I, I love, I think it was Virginia Saper that said, you know, it's not a, it's not really a comfort zone. It's more of the familiar zone. And that's what mm. you said too. So it's like, if, if we stay in that zone, then we feel more certain. And the truth is, which is really funny is, you know, are we more certain? You know, if, if I, if I, I guess if I stay in the house, I know I'm not going to get hit by a car. Like I can be certain of that, but how do I know some other thing is going to happen? I really this don't. True. Like we, we think it's our comfort zone because we're familiar with it. So we don't want to step out, but you're right. And I I think that's why people do well when they are involved in groups. Like there's a lot of online um, challenges. Like, and I I mean, one of my clients today was telling me that they were doing a challenge at their gym where it was like a wellness challenge where they had Mm -hmm. to, for the entire month, they had to try to do a certain number of things every day. Like they had to get a certain amount of sleep every night and they had to drink up a certain amount of water and eat things and right. So it's this challenge and what, what makes it easier to do those things in a challenge with a group than just to do those things? Well, encouragement, I think, is you've got other people around you, you know, rooting for you, so to speak. <laughs> so, yeah. That's what the likes, that's what the likes and loves and so forth on the social media posts are really yeah. for. Yeah. Like, I like that. Go for that. Yeah. You go, yeah. girl. All that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, it, it, you know, it all has its kind of ups and downs, but as far as social media goes, because as humans, we are small group primates. So we, we do really well in small groups. We thrive the best in small groups. And of course, you know, the interstate and, you know, the internet and all these things we've built, um, physically and digitally to make it easier to have huge amounts of people all connected isn't always as easy for our brain because, you know, we're, (laughs) we want to have a handful of people supporting us. And then if we think we need, you know, 50,000 likes for it to mean something that can uh, have an effect that's not exactly great. But I think that you're right. I think that's definitely it. I've, I've thought for a long time that probably, probably the reason why social media got so big anyway and was so popular was because being seen and being heard are basic human needs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't feel seen and heard in their lives. They don't feel like um, anyone hears anything they said and they feel invisible often. And so, you know, saying something on social media and having, having some people give you a like or a shout out or a comment feels good because it's like, okay, my voice is being heard. I'm being seen. And that is a a basic, basic human need. And I think that's an interesting idea, right? That we feel encouraged automatically, maybe when we have our basic human needs met. Sure. Because we, we have needs for connection, communication, to be seen, to be heard, to be touched, right? It's like hugging um, we know that that um, boosts your immune system and causes all these good brain chemicals uh, that cause us to feel better. So, yeah, I think it's all connected. I wonder what would happen if, you know, for instance, for years now, you've seen T-shirts and bumper stickers and so forth about uh, committing random acts of kindness and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing. 
And and like I said earlier, I'm not really crazy about the random side. I, I prefer selective. You know, like I, I want to deliberately help out with something here. But I'm I'm wondering what would happen if we had a movement of that kind or you know, a trend of that kind toward encouragement, give encouragement to, to somebody today, or something along that line. I wonder what would happen if that actually started to take off. I wonder how that would actually shift the fabric of our society. Because I, I suspect it would be a fairly strong shift. It might be hard to measure it, but I think it would be it would be palpable and, and visual. You could see it without necessarily saying, I don't know how to measure it, but I can tell it's there. Yeah. It's funny that you said you brought that up, random acts of kindness, because I started thinking about that in the be- when we were first talking about this today, right at the beginning of the show. And I thought, I thought about times, um, like my husband and I were in line to buy coffee one time at the mm-hmm. place that we used to go every weekend before we uh, were, you know, uh, cloistered here in this pandemic, but <laughs> we, um, we were standing in line and there were a couple ahead of us that kind of looked back at us and said, Hey, you know, but they didn't really, sometimes we're in line and we end up talking and having a conversation. Everybody in the coffee shop's talking about the same thing. Right. But this wasn't like that. We were just waiting our turn. And then they bought everything they were buying and they kind of snuck out. They were like, and the coffee guy, the barista waited for them to leave. And then we were, he was watching them go around the corner instead of talking to us. And then he said, okay. And he's a friend of ours. He said, the, the people ahead of you just, um, put $20 toward your order. And so oh, wow. they didn't want you to know about it while they were still here. <laughs> and we were like, wow. And so, our, so of course, you know, we, we just, paid for our stuff and put that $20 towards the net. We just kept it going. We said, just give that 20 to the people, whoever comes in behind us. And we talked about it a lot and it felt really good because it felt like someone did something awesome for us and we did something awesome for someone else and it didn't cost us anything. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, we didn't really do anything. We just passed it on, but even that was kind of cool. But I was thinking about that and, and we've had that happen several times. But I was thinking about that at the beginning of this conversation. And I thought, I would love for that to happen every time I go out, right? I'm not saying I don't want someone to do that because it was really wonderful. And sure. also, I think the encouragement has even more impact. I agree. And here's totally. the thing. It doesn't cost anything. Yes, right. <laughs> right? Like some people may be thinking, well, yeah, I'd love to give $20 to the car behind me, but I don't have an extra $20, Right. Um, but this doesn't cost anything just to give some encouragement. So you've piqued my, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I like this. I like this idea of a movement. Like, I think we should all, anyone listening to us, um, should immediately decide that this is going to be something you do on a daily basis. (laughs) Encourage someone else. You you just named a a group of people actually, that is a good first group to start with. And it's probably the group that needs it more than any other that I can think of in society. And that's people in service, people who do service type work. The barista, right? Yes, yes, yes. My, um, you know, both of my kids have been in the service industry forever from anything from being, um, you know, a bus boy, a bar back to a, to a five-star restaurant owner. So it's like they've been through all of the different phases of it. And so I have kind of, and I have not, I have not worked in that industry. I've worked in a lot of industries, um, but not the service industry, but I've seen through them, you know, all of the, it's, it's the hardest work out there. And it's like, yes, please encourage your servers and people that are, especially now, right. Especially now with the pandemic happening where um, it seems like everything's gotten so much harder. Yeah. I definitely think it's just a word of encouragement can go so far. It's so powerful. Jeffrey mentioned in the comments, he says, yes, thank you for generous gratuity. And I agree. I've actually upped my gratuity. I've got, I'm up to like 25% now as a minimum. Mm -hmm. And that's really helpful. But yep. the thing, the other thing I've been doing, and I, I didn't really associate this until we started talking about it. This is something I just kind of did without realizing what I was doing. But whenever we get a server at a restaurant who, you know, does, does something a little bit extra or does something nice, I try, I make it a point to thank them for that. Like, you, you know, you, you're doing great. Thank you. And I didn't realize I was giving them encouragement. I was just simply appreciating what it was that they were doing. Yeah. But that is encouraging. 
Yeah. That's precisely what encouragement does. And yeah. so now I'm thinking I'm going to do that more consciously now because yeah. I, and you can see the effect. The effect is immediate. They give you that instant big smile. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's they don't so get told that all the time. Like you would think, right. I mean, right. we do that. We do that as well. We, we have a, a special place for that whole industry. And we have friends that are restaurant owners. We have friends that are servers. We have friends that work in every level of it. And we are careful to, to pay attention and to let them know how much we appreciate. You know, Jackie actually said something one time that I thought was really interesting. Um, I don't know if she said it on this show, but she said it in conversation with me. And that was, we were talking about, um, uh, common courtesy words like please and thank you mm-hmm. and how, and I noticed within myself, like she said that when someone would, cause she, Jackie's been a barista. And so when people would place their order, um, it meant a lot to her for people to say, please, what can I get for you today? I'll have an ice latte, please. Mm-hmm. And the reason, because it's may I please have this. It's like you're putting them on a human level with you. They're on your level. They're not a servant to you, right? Get me this and get me that. But it's, mm-hmm. I would like this, please. And what I noticed in myself, because at that time we were, you know, going out places a lot. Um, I'm really great with compliments and thank yous. But I don't always say please for things that I'm asking for in that in that frame. And my husband always does. And so he would catch. I said, catch me. Like if I if the if the server says, what can I get for you? And I say, I'm just going to have water. Catch me. (laughs) And it took a while. It was like, I'm like, please. Servers Mm -hmm. probably thought, what a jerk this guy is telling his wife how to order. But I had asked him, like, you know, (laughs) because that made a big impact on me hearing Jackie say that. It's like, oh my gosh, yes. Um, these people are working really, really hard. They are, you know, no, one of the things I love that I heard Deepak Chopra, Deepak Chopra say one time was he talked about no one is beneath you and no one is above you. Right. And I, I try to keep that in my consciousness all the time and treat people, all people like equals to me, not like they're beneath me or, or like they're above me. And I think that plays into this, you know, this whole idea of how we treat other people um, with politeness as well as with encouragement. Jeff, so I know your, your servers are very happy for you to be noticing how hard Absolutely. Judge Jeffrey put into a comment. He says, if you travel to a foreign country, learn the words for please and thank you in the local language. Good tip. Yes. I like that one. Yes. Something else I, I will say, um, when I went to Europe, the, I, I did my best. <laughs> my French is not very good. Um, but I did my best to communicate in their language. Mm-hmm. And they were always really grateful because unfortunately, um, they, they also thought we were either Italian or British. Not American. Mm-hmm. We kept being asked if we were from Italy or if we were from Britain. And finally I was like, why do they keep asking us that? And they said, because Americans expect us to speak English. They never even try. And you are trying. So we figure you're not from America. And I thought, wow. So yeah, yeah. always, I, I love Jeffrey's suggestion too. Yes, learn the please and thank you first and use it. <laughs> thank you also for trying to inadvertently trying to help change the perception of what Americans are like, by example. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, we we have a lot to live down. <laughs> I'm telling you, it didn't feel good knowing that, you know, I was like, yeah. oh. it's like, um, but I mean, we, it was very, very clear. And my, my sons at the time were teenagers and they would go off and go, you know, do whatever and then meet me later. And they told me that they kept getting that. They said, mm. people keep thinking that we're from Italy and we asked them why. And they said, because you're trying to speak um, our language and Americans don't do that. So we both had it said to us in different places. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I also yeah. like the uh, comment that you quoted from Deepak Chopra, nobody above, nobody below. And, and 
keeping that in mind, I, that's actually been kind of part of my whole way of dealing with humans from a very young age. I think I was kind of taught that, not directly, but indirectly, by example, um, by my parents. But I, I've always found not only is important, it's actually valuable to me. And the reason I say that is when I go out of my way to, how do, how do I say that? To, to think of the person as the person, regardless of who they are, regardless of their station, as I'm talking with them, I get better connection. Yeah. I get better response. Mm. I, get, I, I mean, which is a big deal for me. It's a very big deal because, I, as listeners know, I'm quite tall. And I don't sound particularly tall on a podcast, but I really am quite tall. And when you're as tall as I am, you feel like you're outside of society. So mm -hmm. I was always looking for ways. How can I connect? And, and for me, just it was just kind of like, yeah, obviously, I'm going to just treat everybody as equals because I get the best response that way. So that became part of my, it just became part of my personality, I guess, to, to do that. But boy, does it pay off. Because when you just treat somebody as just a person, regardless of, you know, what their status is, what their skin color is, their gender, whether, you know, they're from this country or that country, if you just treat them as people, you make connections like crazy, deeper connections. And it wasn't that you, you were just saying a few minutes ago, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for that connectedness. Yeah. When I heard Deepak say that, uh, it was in the frame of talking about, um, the word, the Sanskrit word, namaste. Mm -hmm. And the, one of the definitions of that word is that the, the divinity within me recognizes the divinity within you. And I, I've heard it, lots of definitions, right? The God within me recognizes the God within you. The spark of life within me, the light within me recognizes the light within you. But there's that recognition that what is bringing us both to light or to life is the same thing, right? The life in me recognizes the life in you. And mm -hmm. so he was, he was suggesting that the next time that you're out, and you're dealing with, you know, the bank teller, the grocery clerk, the server, uh, you know, whoever's behind the counter helping you anywhere you are. Um, when you're dealing with another person that you may not even know to for a moment to look them in the eye and inside in your quiet inner voice, um, just say namaste. And it's just that recognition that this is another human being. and. I am not more valuable than them. They are not more valuable than me. We are both humans. And I recognize that. I recognize your humanity. And Jeffrey's so, on a roll. <laughs> so I, I love that idea, right? And I began to do that anytime I was out. I would remind myself that. And I think it, it did change, you know, the connection. There's definitely a connection. But part of it is that. Part of that exercise is that you're looking someone in the eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I love that. I think it's and, fabulous. You know, for you, as tall as you are, um, you know, you're probably looking over most people's head if you want to be because you're so yeah, tall. Right. Right? You will yeah. definitely be looking over my head. But, oh, Cindy, I didn't see you down there. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think that that's part of it. And it would lend itself to our um, desire to encourage people. It's an interesting thing about the tallness that you mentioned there, because you mentioned that you're on the small side. Yeah, I've I'm found one if I stretch. If you stretch, <laughs> right. <laughs> I have found that I have the easiest connections with the people who are on the small side. I think there's like an inherent thing where we both recognize that we're outside of the norm. And so we connect easier. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. It's easier, I find that it's easier to make make eye contact with somebody who's small than somebody who's medium height. I don't know why, but I think that might be it. That's interesting. Yeah, common ground, you know, common commonalities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I have to laugh at what Jeffrey wrote. He says, Namaskre, the craziness in me recognizes the craziness in you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Much better than Namaste the hell away from me, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That is funny. Actually, I, I was also thinking too, I, I say thank you regularly to servers. I don't say please or may I please. And so I'm thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to start shifting that. I like that, that little piece of, uh, I do too. And I, and I thought, yeah. gosh, you know, my, I actually know so many people that have worked in that industry and, and told me stories about, you know, waiting on tables and no one thanked them for anything and no mm. one left a tip kind of thing, you know, and that happens to them on a regular basis. It's one of the reasons why I, like you, um, started leaving what I would consider a really big tip. And here's the thing. It's like, I'm not usually eating in restaurants that are costing me a hundred dollars a plate, you know? So, right. so yeah. <laughs> at, at the amount of, at the total ticket amount, I could give 50% and it's still not going to probably break me. Right. And so, <laughs> um, one of the things I recognized is that, you know, an extra few dollars probably isn't going to make any difference in my life at all, but it may mm -hmm. be make a big difference in their life, especially if everyone was doing it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I, I think it would. Uh, well, I think that's kind of the energetic slash monetary uh, um, expression of this concept we're talking about. This idea of giving more encouragement to more people more often. Uh, oh, because when, yeah. we're, when, we're, when we're giving that encouragement, that is an en energetic exchange. It is uh, an energetic gift. And as we were identifying and noticing earlier, it is a gift that can have long lasting implications. Like we were saying, people remember this stuff for years. Mm -hmm. you know, when you're giving a gift on that level with that amount of energy with it, with that amount of oomph behind it. Wow. I mean, I, I, I'm just kind of sitting here thinking this could be major. This could be huge to, to get a movement like this going. Well, think about times that were purely you know, that seem on the outside anyway, that they're purely just about the money. Like maybe you've gotten a raise, mm -hmm. right? Or maybe you've been walking down the street and I know there's one person in my life that used to, you know, I find like a quarter on the street, but this person, they would find like, a, I found $50. I'd be like, what? Who does that? Right. <laughs> but think how encouraging that is. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's seemingly just, you know, why? Why do we feel encouraged? Well, because everything in our life, you know, everything costs money. So to be recognized as being deserving or worthy of a raise and getting a raise or even just finding money in the street, it kind of feels like a wink from the universe. You know, it's like, oh, my goodness, um, here's ten dollars. My husband has on several occasions found just in the middle of the road, like you can't who does this belong to? Just a wad of money, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, he turned around and just gave it to one of the baristas said, Hey, found mm -hmm. this in the street, you know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but I think that because we are so dependent on money for every single thing that we feel encouraged when we have a little extra wherever it came from. And this so, you know, so yeah, I mean, leaving a bigger tip will definitely be encouraging, but just just the knowledge that you see somebody, you know, just you're doing great. That is such a great way to know that it doesn't cost you anything to encourage somebody. It doesn't have it, to cost you anything. <laughs> it, it doesn't, no. It, it also occurs to me that you can even do it without actually seeing or being near them. And the example that comes to my mind is the one that Joel Elston used to tell me when he was on the show. Um, he, his book is called The Bench and it's based upon a bench that's on Santa Maria Island in Florida that he would go to whenever he was hitting a low spot and needed to find a way out of it and so forth. And he's actually made it a, an annual pilgrimage. Every year he goes back to sit on this bench because the bench is actually sitting on this beautiful beach with ocean front and all this other stuff. So if you're going to pick a bench, you might as well pick that one. It's a good one. But he also has this habit that he does. And this habit is he, he takes a copy of his book with him. When he goes to sit on the bench and he leaves the book on the bench when he leaves, often with a note inside of it saying, oh, something wow. like, I, hope, I hope this will help you. And he's actually had people pick up the book. The book has changed their lives and they've called him to tell him how they, how he saved them from suicide or how oh, they shifted something. I mean, little things that, that led to huge results. All he did was leave a copy of his book behind. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, 
this seems off topic, but I'll throw it in because you're mentioning a book. It's a book recommendation. Okay. <laughs> I was telling a client about this book, and I have never seen a book with so many um, good reviews. So it's Matt Haig's book. It's called The Midnight Library. And I know I'm late to the party. People have been raving about this book for at least a year. Uh, but I just finished it a couple of nights ago, and it was definitely worth the read. It's fiction, very encouraging, um, the kind of philosophical message. But what was funny was that I was telling my client that my husband and I, you know, when we're looking for a book, we'll often see, you know, read the reviews, see how many reviews it has. And there's been several books we've read that had, you know, 500, 600 reviews. It's like, oh, wow. And then we'll see one. We saw one with 20 something thousand reviews and we're like, oh my goodness, I've never seen a book with this many reviews. And of course it was a great book. Well, I went, when I told my client about this book today, the Midnight Library, I went to check and see how many reviews it had and it has over 132,000 reviews. <laughs> oh my. I was like, I want to write a book like that. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, interesting where we can find encouragement, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Find it. So I'm passing on that. If you read fiction and you haven't read that one, uh, you might like it. That's cool. By the way, Luke also included an interesting comment. He says, may I please is something that is normal for me as it was taught to me when I was, when I learned English after I moved, after I first moved to the U.S., which would kind of make sense. We, we do teach our children to say, may I please. That was, that was Jackie's whole story is that she had a, a mother and a child come up to her counter and she says, what can I get for you today? Addresses the, the little person who says, I'll have a um, whatever. And the mom says, say please. So then the child repeats it and says, please. And then Jackie asked the mom, and what can I get you? She said, I'll have a whatever. And she doesn't. <laughs> do as I say and not as I do. Yeah, right? So so that's, that's very true. And I know that I... Um, taught my children the same thing. And I'm, like I said, I've always been great, you know, with thank yous, but not always with the pleases. And mm. so I had to retrain myself to say please to everyone. <laughs> Fortunately, it's not hard to do. It's actually one of the easier things that we can learn or relearn in this case to do. Um, yeah. It doesn't take a lot. Manners. Yeah. <laughs> Curtis. Manners, they're, they're almost out of fashion at this point, but we can bring them back into fashion. That's yes. okay. Just come courtesy to other human beings. Wouldn't it be great if that actually became common again? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, yes. we all use that phrase. It's common yeah. courtesy. How often is common courtesy actually common? Yeah. <laughs> so, it, yeah. So I, you know, I want to make a challenge out of it because I'm, I'm challenging myself to, okay, to be, you know, and, and, we probably all have certain people in our life that we encourage. Um, but even if we don't like, and even if we do to encourage someone who we don't know, you know, <laughs> just encouraging words to people that are outside of our circle, I guess. I know my wife does it with me when I'm really struggling with something and I'm trying to, you know, break through on something I've never broken through on before. And she'll say, mm -hmm. you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> well, I know I will. My, my husband was working on a project recently and he said, Oh, I don't know how this is going to work. And I said, I have faith in you. It's going to work fine. You're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. So I know like he's somebody that hears my encouragement uh, a lot, hopefully. Um, but what about, you know, when we're one thing I noticed I've noticed this with myself for a long time, like in the realm of compliments. Like I might be thinking it in my head, but not speak it. Mm, I yes. might be around someone and think, oh, that is the most, you know, oh, that's the most beautiful hat that person's wearing. But I don't say, I like your hat. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I realized that sometimes I'll be in a group and I'll be thinking all these thoughts and they're all complimentary, but I just never say any of them. And then someone else will speak up and say one and I'll, and I'll be like, Oh, I was thinking the same thing. So I try to train myself to speak it out more. It's like, if you're thinking a nice thought about someone, tell them, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, say it, say it. So I'm trying to do that as well. 
with, like we said, you know, all these stories that I was hearing that day or reading that day, they really all had to do with people that were struggling in some way. And then other people chimed in with their stories about when they were struggling. So I'm like, instead of just standing there and thinking to myself, oh, that person is really struggling, right? Because this happens a lot. My kids are grown. They're in their 30s. So if I'm out and I see someone across the way and they're struggling with a toddler, I'm like, oh, I remember those days. (laughs) Yeah, right. Instead of saying something to them. And I like the idea of of just saying it. You're doing great. My (laughs) sister-in-law, Yona, has an interesting way that she does that. Um, You talked about appreciating, I I like your hat or something like that. We'll be out with with, uh, my brother and my sister-in-law and she'll spot somebody with... I don't know, some kind of unusual outfit. Maybe it's seasonal, you know, like some sort of a Christmas outfit or something like that. And she makes it a practice to say something really nice. I, re- I like your outfit or I like this or I like that about what you, you are wearing or what you're doing. And can I take a selfie with you? And I'm never 100% sure. Is she doing it to get the selfie or to actually make the compliment? But it almost doesn't matter because she is still appreciating and giving yes. acknowledgement and encouragement. And she gets yeah. the selfie every time too, which is pretty cool. <laughs> That's nice. People like that, right? Because they feel seen. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. So helping people to feel seen and heard, um, I think that's another, you know, thing to to add to this list. Um, Because I don't know if it counts as encouragement, but I think it could. Because so many times people don't feel like they're seen or heard, that when they do, it's naturally encouraging to them. It is. I, I think, for instance, that the words encouragement and appreciation have a tremendous amount of overlap. We don't necessarily associate them as having an overlap, but they really do have an overlap. It's a pretty yeah. strong one. Because if you're appreciated, you feel encouraged. I mean, I, I can't ever remember a time where I, I was appreciated and I didn't feel encouraged by it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had that conversation. We did a We did a podcast in the past few months about appreciation Mm -hmm. and we were talking about the actual meaning of the word and how how we think of that word when it's applied to finances or objects Mm. you know Mm -hmm. i have this thing i own and its value has appreciated like you know the investment i made that that my car has not appreciated right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so we're talking about how things either are appreciating or depreciating and that when we appreciate something, when we show appreciation that that energy is expansive. It is expansive. to grow. Which probably is why both of us are getting this sense that if, if uh, more and more people were to decide to express um, encouragement on a regular basis, there would be a similar expansion going on. And it would be happening more and more and more on a wider scale, simply because there is that strong tie between appreciation and encouragement. So if I extrapolate from that, then I realize encouragement is an expansionary idea. It is an idea of expansion. And it is an idea of increased value because it is so closely tied to appreciation. Mm-hmm. So the more that I can encourage, the more I am helping to improve the value of someone else. That's amazing. And they will sense that and they will, it will increase the value they have of themselves. Yeah. Like the the conversation I had today around appreciation with a client was around um, mirror work and self-talk, right? So that we're, when we appreciate ourselves and we show our self-appreciation. So that's the same kind of, you know, framework there is that when we show someone that we appreciate them, then that energy can kind of boomerang, right? Is they can appreciate it as well. And they, they may appreciate themselves even more. That's one of the things that I was just hearing someone talk about. Now I can't remember who it was. Um, but just talking about anxiety and depression being related to stories that we tell and how often those stories are um, stories about ourself that we're telling ourselves, 
and not good stories, right? Not, not appreciative stories, not stories that are encouraging, um, stories that are the exact opposite, that sometimes people repeat those stories over and over. So when they are hearing a different story from outside, right? If they're telling themselves a story, if we're telling ourselves a story that we're not valuable, but then someone starts to value us from the outside, someone encourages us, someone appreciates us, that has the power to start changing our own story about ourselves, which will affect how we feel. I'm reminded of something that Dan Mangana talked about in his segment of the summit. In his first uh, presentation, he, he gave what I called the keynote for the summit and in, in his keynote he talked about the importance of of understanding what he calls your hard edge the hard edge refers to that level of money you believe that you can attract into your life but beyond that you have trouble believing it okay so are you saying hard h-a-r-d or h-a-r-t okay hard, hard. Edge. Okay. Yeah, hard Got edge it. as opposed to a soft edge right Got it. okay Meaning it's the hard edge of your, your range of, of believability. Yes, I believe that I can attract up to value X, but I have trouble believing beyond that. The button Got is it. easy. The, the castle is hard. That kind of an idea. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and hey, I perfectly totally understand that one. <laughs> I think we all do. So I take that same concept. And I ask myself, what happens if we start applying encouragement to that formula? Because the way he was describing it was this. If you are giving yourself a lot of small wins, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, until you finally get to the point where you reach what used to be that hard edge, you've had so many wins in a row that now there's a cognitive dissonance going on in your head. On the one hand, your subconscious mind knows, well, this is our limit. On the other hand, well, we seem to be going past it. Well, it's our limit. Well, we're going past it. And then we kind of break through. Well, isn't that the same thing as what encouragement does? Yeah. Encour- I mean, yeah. that's essentially what encouragement is all yeah. about. It's helping break through that hard edge of believability that was there before. Well, it reminds me of, I mean, I get this image in my mind when you talk about that of um, one of my kids used to run track. And so we would go to track meets and think about the crowd cheering them on, you know, like you can do it, you can do it. Like they're going to break a record or something, or maybe their own Mm -hmm. personal best. And it's like, they're being cheered on and encouraged that they can what break through that hard edge, break through that idea in their head. And we know that right from the four minute mile story. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, that was like a whole that was everyone on the planet at some point, right? It's like a whole group of people that had this idea that a human being could not run faster. Right. <laughs> and when someone did it, they broke through that hard edge for everyone. Right. And then people started doing it all the time. Right. So it's like, that's what, that's the thought that I had in my head when you were talking about that. I was like, Oh yeah, this is like, you know, so of course, encouragement, that's, that's actually what encouragement does. Like when I had that conversation with my coach, I really was hopeless. I was despondent. I did not see how things were going to work out. I was in a really tough place and I just could not see how it could work out, how it could get better. And having someone encourage me and say, everything is going to be okay was just what I needed to like, take a breath and and say, okay, yes, it's possible, right? Things are going to work. And of course things worked out fine. Um, But yeah, that's a great example of that. Great example. In fact, if I take this out and and kind of extrapolate it even further, I, I come up with a scenario like this. Let's say that it becomes a more of a thing. You know, like we were talking about, it becomes a new thing. Encourage somebody today. And since encouragement helps us to break through our hard edges, to use Dan's term, the the hard edge of believability, the hard edge of, of the comfort zone, that's really what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, we end up with a society where more and more people just find themselves easily going outside their what used to be their comfort zones. Mm-hmm. And we all know what happens when you go outside your comfort zone. You grow. 
you deal with chaos and crisis at times, but you grow. Yeah. Yeah. You go through major growth, actually, when you go far outside the comfort zone. Yeah. So now you have an entire society of people who, as as an aggregate, are starting to take larger and larger steps outside of their comfort zones. To me, that my, my my mind just starts to, you know, it goes on tilt, actually, as I try to calculate all the different ways that amazing stuff happens all around me continuously with the people that I see everywhere as I play out that scenario in my mind. Well, I'm thinking about contagious encouragement, right? It's got to be. Ooh, like, I like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about that thread that I read and how. It was a, I wish I could find it because it was, it was a long time ago, but it was a long thread. And like more and more people, when I read it, I thought, I'm going to do this. Right. It was contagious. When mm-hmm. I, when I read story after story of people who had been shown an encouraging word and how much it had changed their life and how they had hung on to that and how much hope it had given them and how it lifted their vibration, I thought, Oh, I'm going to do this. Right. Because it felt contagious. It's like I I wanted to have that effect. I wanted to be able to do that for someone. And so that's what I'm thinking is that, yes. And yes, when we get outside our comfort zone, there can be chaos. But remember, chaos is a pattern breaker. It is. like Right. And and that's OK. Like we need patterns to be broken, um, especially patterns we don't want to have anymore. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, yes. That's. <laughs> That's what I, I'm picturing, and I think feeling the vibe of that um, encouragement and encouraging words just becoming contagious. And I can see that happening now. Before, Even before we started doing the show today, I would not have as easily seen it as I'm seeing it right now and, and feeling it right now. Because I mean, we all know on those rare occasions where we have given encouragement to somebody, it feels pretty darn good. Yes. This isn't something that takes a lot of effort. It takes perhaps a little bit of mindfulness in that sense of there's an effort involved, but it doesn't take a whole lot. And once you've actually done it and you get that huge, big smile back, I mean, how much more motivation do you need than that, right? Yeah. That's, that, right. That's, that gives you the fuel that you need to try it again sometime just to see what happens. Yeah. And just to think of, I think, I, I hope, I hope that anyone listening has been fortunate enough in their life to have known a person who was like a ray of sunshine, right? So a person that you're like, gosh, every time this person walks in the room, other people feel better, right? That kind of person. And I want to be that person, right? So, and I think everyone would benefit for having that experience. I mean, if you've encouraged somebody and you've seen them light up with hope and with, relief and all the other things you feel when you've been encouraged, um, you want to keep doing that. And so to take that on as an identity is that, you know, mm. I'm not somebody who, um, you know, reigns on everybody's parade. Um, I'm somebody who likes to encourage other people. I mean, that's part of what I want my identity to be. And I think if we all go for that, <laughs> will have such an impact on the world. I, I love the way you just said that. I don't know if you even realized exactly what you did, but you said, if we all did that, and then you chuckled, you get a giggle <laughs> laughter kind of a thing. Cause it was, it tickles. It tickles to think about that. Yeah. Really deep down. I'm like, Oh, that feels good. Do that again. <laughs> look, right now. I mean, you know, you know, you have a background in politics. I mean, in, you know, political science, we could talk about um, things that are going on in the world right now that are not encouraging sure. at, at all. Right. And I, and I don't think that we should bury our head in the sand and not know what's going on in the world. I also think that we can be as encouraging as possible because that's what we're going to need to build a world that's better is we're going to need people that feel encouraged to see possibilities. <laughs> you know? Seriously. Like when I said that to my coach, I wasn't in that place. I was in a place where it was very hard for me to see any possibilities that were great. And just a few encouraging words that I actually fed to her. And then she said back to me, that cracks me up that it actually had any power at all, uh, but it was very powerful. And then I felt encouraged 
to see that things could be better, to see that I could have a better outcome than what I expected, to see that there was potential for things to be great. And so I think that encouraging other people is something we really need right now um, in the world so that we have hope and we can turn that hope into faith and be, you know, able to make changes. I don't know if you saw this. Jeffrey just posted, I'm, I contacted a Peace Corps recruiter today. I'm going back for a third assignment. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Incredible. Whoa. So Jeffrey's one of those people. That so Jeffrey, is, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I already know that about Jeffrey because he has uh, always been encouraging. Yeah. Well, wow. I want to give the encouragement to Jeffrey on that one. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. just, that, that's so impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> right? And if there's anybody who could do it, it's Jeffrey, because Jeffrey is an amazing human being. Wow. Oof. Go for it, Jeffrey. Go wow. for it. <laughs> that is really something. Third assignment. I'm, that, I'm, that's just going to take a while to sink in, I think. <laughs> Third assignment. Wow. <laughs> I mean, there's some people who, you know, they, they volunteer once and they're a small uh, percentage of the population that volunteer once to join the Peace Corps. He's doing it three times. Wow. That's just amazing. Well, it tells <sighs> us what we already know about our listeners. This is true. This is very true. <laughs> so how do we sum up? I think one of the thir- first things that I want to do is is kind of start using the new the new me, so to speak, the new the new pattern that I'm building up for myself. And yes, chaos will probably break it at some point, but it, for the moment, I'm going to create this new pattern. I like it of pleases and thank yous. To you know, the, the pleases to go with the thank yous. I do the thank yous, but more the pleases. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. I, I, how can I get this started? Well, first, I'm going to once again appreciate all of our listeners because I really do appreciate all of our listeners. It's one of those things I don't have to work at. <laughs> it's one of those things that just comes naturally. It's yeah. so easy to do. And I, I really do appreciate every one of you. And so I'm going to say thank you for being a listener. And may I please hear from you more? <laughs> because I really like hearing the emails too. <laughs> yes, agree. And be encouraged. Like, let us give you an encouraging word today, whatever you're yeah. struggling with. Whatever seems hard, whatever feels heavy and seems overwhelming, um, everything is going to be okay. And you can do it. Like, you've got this. Take a deep breath. Take care of yourself. And be encouraged that, you know, you can do it. You can do it. We all can do it. No matter what it is that we're dealing with, we can do it. There's nothing to hold any of us back except our own unwillingness to believe we can. Mm. And perhaps the unwillingness of those around us to say, you can do it. it. (laughs) So we're telling you, you can do it. it. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we finally addressed this topic as a topic. It took us a while. We finally got there. Nine and a half years. You know, sometimes it just takes a while to open the eyes and say, oh, yeah, hey, that's a good idea. (laughs) We're in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. This was the right topic. Whoever is hearing it, needed to hear it it was the right topic for right now <laughs> i think it is i do I, and i i actually fully expect we're going to get those emails too i think people are going to appreciate the fact that they feel encouraged just as we appreciate the giving well, and the receiving of the encouragement ourselves yeah i was going to say well it would encourage us greatly it always does whenever we get messages so it yeah. does yeah. Plus, it makes for fun shows. Not that this <laughs> wasn't a fun show. Without you know, we we had a fun show. This has been a great show, but it's also a little bit more fun when we also get the messages. The messages. Agree, agree. <laughs> so thank you, Cindy. I very much appreciate your input in all of this. I thank appreciate you. all the, the role that you play. Uh, we'll miss having Jackie this week, but I'm sure she'll be back next week just to yep. raise that uh, vibration up as if it could be any higher to an even higher level. Somehow she does that. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how, <laughs> but she does. I tried but to throw you. a Jackie story in there today. So, you know. <laughs> but, and it was a good one, too. It was very appropriate. The importance of the pleases and thank yous. It, yes, it, yes. it just absolutely does it. So, all right. So thank you very much. Thank you, especially to our podcast listeners everywhere. And we will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.